Hey everybody, welcome to the Patty G Show. I'm your host, Patty G. We are back for another exciting episode of the show this week. We're gonna be sitting down with Manuel Martinez and talking fashion, talking clothing, talking elevating your sense of style to that next level and what it takes and what they do at his place. So really excited to jump into that. But before we get started, I want to give a big, wonderful shout out and thank you to the amazing folks that bring you the show each and every week. Building 5, Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry, Falaya Real Estate, Currency Bank, the bank for business owners, Lake Men's Health Center, Horizon Financial Group, Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge, Gage, and you know our outfit is brought to you by McClavey's Limited. Without further ado, Mr. Manuel, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Patty G, for having me over and for your kind introductions that that, uh, I'm honored that you have me here today. Well, I'm excited to have you on. I mean, you are, you're like a staple. You've got a, a history that precedes yourself and what you've done over the years right here in Baton Rouge is absolutely incredible. And what you bring to the table is just, it's phenomenal. So for those that may not be aware, who are you and what the heck do you do? Well, um, again, my name is Manuel Martinez and I'm with Martinez Custom Clothier. And I've been in this wonderful city since 1984. That's when uh, I first started my custom business here in Baton Rouge, dressing and gentlemen in the community, all the way from the Gulf course to the board of directors and it's been a wonderful career over over, over the years that i tell i tell people when i'm in new york or i'm in dallas and they ask me where i'm from i say i'm from baton rouge louisiana i said where i said baton rouge the fashion capital of the world and of course everybody laughs but um, baton rouge uh, the, fo- the folks here in baton rouge and the people are so are so being so nice to me over the years and i i, I uh, attribute my success part to them because without them I couldn't have launched myself to New York, Dallas, other other areas, or even abroad. And that is a, a wonderful feeling. So what's your background? How did we get here to Baton Rouge, Louisiana? If you must know, I'd, uh, I'm, I was born in Tampico, Mexico, which is about 375 miles due south east of uh, Brownsville, Texas, right in the valley. And you go you just follow the Gulf Line, Tampico, Mexico. And I came here when I was 14 years old. My parents wanted me to learn English. And in those days, you did what your parents wanted you to do. Right. That was in the 60s. And your parents told you what you want, what, what you were going to be. You didn't pick out your career. They all pick out, they would pick out your career. And my father was a rancher. He was buying cattle for a company, for uh, an oil and gas company in Lake Charles called Vincent and Welch, mm-hmm. who built the first guy scraper in Lake Charles, believe it or not, in Puget Street. That was the first 12 or 15 uh, floor building. So, and they owned ranches in Mexico. My father was buying cattle for them. So he wanted me to come over here, learn English and learn some cattle uh, techniques and whatnot and go to vet school. So he wanted you to be a vet. He wanted me to be very narrow. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're, you're starting your career as, as a rancher and becoming a vet. I'm assuming to then come back and help him with his cattle so he'd always have healthy cattle. That's, right. I'm trying to follow this thought process yes, here. Okay. That's exactly what he wanted me to do. So this nice family in Lake Charles by the name of the Ned and Francis Wyndham, they took me into their home and they lived next to the country club. I could literally walk out the front door and be in the greens. I mean, just right across the street. And I saw the way they entertained uh, because Lake Charles is not that big a town. So they had parties 
at their home, sometimes black tie, black tie affairs, other times uh, just cocktail parties, but they always dress at worst a dark suit in the latest cocktail dress. And if it's black tie affair, the men are smoking jackets with tuxedos. And I said, wow, I like this kind of life. And I was impressed by it, and then they, they would take me shopping, buy the clothes. So my passion for clothes began there. And I saw the way I was treated. Now they also told me I had to treat everybody with respect and better myself and learn. But when, when you put in something that looks good, it fits good, you hold the meaning changes in the way people view you. Right. So I, I was hooked. So no long after that, I told my parents, I mean, in two years in college, I told my parents I wasn't going to be a veterinarian. And I wanted to go learn design. And they said, you and your own. So I did. And <laughs> I went to New York, started designing. And uh, then I, I started my, my business. And So they just immediately just discounted everything. They're well, like, no, my, you're, my, you're supposed to be here. And then uh, you say, no, I'm going. I'm going to be yeah. in fashion and design. Like, well, that's fine. But you're, you're done. They kind of just wrote you off. You are in your own. You know, my father had that kind of uh, tempered like pattern. You do it my way, mm-hmm. not at all. So. <laughs> so how did you know you wanted, I mean, at the time, we're talking the early 80s. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to get to New York. No, that was, uh, I went there before then. Okay. Before then. I'm, I'm sorry. But first, my first step was to go to Houston because I was in Lake Charles and I knew some tailors in Houston. Okay. Where uh, I was learning how to sew and put garments together. And the owner of the shop, after a few months, he said, you know what, he said, I see how you interact with people. I see how you put people together when they come in. He said, you, 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 need to, you, need, you need to go learn design. He said, are you firing me? I said, no, I'm doing you a favor. And I thought he was firing me. But he did me a favor. So I went to do what he suggested to do. So he was the one that kind of pushed yeah, you yes. to go do your own thing and not just work for well behind the sun machine behind right. the sun machine okay and, and making garments because he saw the way that I put the garments together it's not it's not just about making a suit the, the the people that we see they want a suit that adorns their body that tells the world who they are without saying anything but I also put things together like the colors together patterns together sort of like the way that I'm doing it here. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a big pattern, you got a medium, and then you know, then a smaller pattern, and then you draw one color out. So it makes you look smarter. But people say, "Wow, I didn't know you could do that." Well, it looks good. Who is this guy? And a lot of times, that's how we get clients. They come up to me and say, "What do you do? You look great." The Patty G Show is now proudly presented by Baton Rouge Regional Airport. Y'all, I fly exclusively Baton Rouge whenever I best can. And what they've got now since June of 23 is a nonstop flight from capital to capital, Baton Rouge Airport to Washington, D.C. You're able to make the round trip in one day. They've got the earliest flight, or even earlier than flying in New Orleans, you can fly to Baton Rouge to go from Baton Rouge to D.C. round trip one day. If you've got meetings in D.C., or you've got business gatherings, you definitely want to fly to Baton Rouge and go from capital to capital. They are a proud presenter. We are now brought to you by Baton Rouge Regional Airport. Thank you so very much for bringing them on as the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. So it's a matter of putting the patterns together from the get-go and not just grabbing like a coat or something off the rack exactly. and saying, try this out and yeah. let's piece it together. You start from the scr- scratch. We start from the scratch, but we we interview the individual, Patty. We 
get to find out what he does, where he goes, what his personality is, and and what it what does he want his clothes to say about him, and how he wants the clothes to feel on, on him. Is he looking for powers? He, he might be single. So looking to get a date or whatnot. And believe me, we know how to put them together for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a first date coming up. I need to look good, and then you're able to just kind of yeah turn and around we, and make it for we, it. Well, we ask we ask where he's going, and so on and so forth. Depending, on the, and it is it a restaurant? Is it that? Is it not Dorothea? Whatever it is, and then we we make it for it. So you were not fired, but fired. From Houston, and then did he tell you to go to New York? Or no, he just said you need to go learn design. So okay. uh, I always, I always thought that if I wanted to learn, that I need to go learn for some of the best. You know, we didn't have Google back then or anything like that. So we, I had to ask around who are the best. So I was very fortunate to meet uh, a gentleman by the name of Bill Fairbanks in New York, who at the time was making clothes for um, Frank Sinatra. He was making clothes. Uh, Charles Repson. Charles Repson was the one that did Reblon, Reblon, the cosmetics. And he was making clothes for who's who in the United States. He was the highest paid custom tailor in the world. Wow. Yeah. And uh, I'm mad. I thought I was first time he said, man, he wanted nothing to do with me. I kept coming back, he coming back. And finally, he was one of my mentors. And then another great tailor in Canada and designer. He was, he was the uh, Ralph Lauren of Canada, named Lou Miles. And the gentleman was like five, six, but when he walked into a room, his presence felt like he was looking at a six, six foot tall man. Mm-hmm. And the way he carried himself and his style was impeccable. So I learned from all these masters. Uh, and they're very distinctive style about their shoulders. You know, not, not a round shoulder, but what we call a, a, a medium uh, a square shoulder, concave, that makes the individual that wears that coat stronger with a silhouette, because a silhouette, if the coat has no silhouette, it's kind of like a sack. And we are able to give uh, a gentleman a waistline when he has none, or give him a chest when he has none. So when he has the good and camouflage the bad. And, and that, to me, is it, not just make clothes, it's an art. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot more to it than thinking about, yeah. you know, making a coat that's on the rack and customizing it down. It's really, looking at the body and figuring out what can we make around it and kind of put that out to the world. Exactly. So did you actually even go to any schooling or anything in New York or were you just working under these folks the, as your mentors? No, I, I did some, uh, some courses, uh, and even abroad, uh, going to for two or three weeks, World Congress courses that I went to, Italy, um, Italy, uh, Germany, in London, and, and it was fascinating because uh, just to be around who's who in the world and see how they put their garments together, so it it was inspiring to me. And I always wanted more. As, as I tell my children, if you find something that you love to do and you have passion for and you have the desire to do it, you will never work in your life. I mean, hopefully, you can get paid for what you do. Right. So I'm having fun. I'm, I'm having fun and uh, enjoy it every single day. Look forward to get up in the morning and bring elegance and joy to that gentleman or to a lady because we make lady suits as well. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, we do that. 
So you go and get all this this world-renowned training, mm-hmm. go and travel and see the best of the people in the world, and then you decide to just come and plant yourself in Baton Rouge. Why? No, well, no, this, these things that I'm telling you about seeing, meeting people throughout the world, that was like in the 90s. I could already be here in, in okay. Baton Rouge, but I wanted more. So, I wanted more. The reason my wife, my wife is from, uh, from Louisiana. Okay. She's from Lake Charles. Her father went to LSU, played football at LSU like in the 40s. She loves the Tigers. I mean, she didn't love them that much this weekend, but she, <laughs> lo- <laughs> but she loves the Tigers. And she didn't, she didn't want to go anywhere but either Van Rouge or New Orleans. I'd say, at least let's go to Dallas because I wanted to be in New York. Right. Well, she said, no, no. She said, you figured it out. So I did end up having a showroom in New York between 2000 and 2019. Okay. Right across Trump Tower on Fifth Avenue, uh, 56 and Fifth, where I saw clients from in New York. A lot of those clients were in the investment banking, um, the, uh, what do you call it, uh, financial consultants with Goldman Sachs, Baron Stearns, and these kind of companies mm-hmm. that we dress. And I was spending New York about a week or a week and a half a month. And I did that for like 16 years. So you were actually living out there yeah, for a much. month at a time. But, yeah, but, but no, but about a week and a week and a half at a time. Okay. And then I'll come back here. So you also had the Baton Rouge location? Yes, in Corporate Boulevard. Okay. So how, how are you balancing that? I mean, because it's a, it's a custom it's a custom and, job. You got to be there and measure each individual person. You know, so how are you? what was that balance like? Well, at that time, my brother was in the business with me. Okay. And he was taking care of Baton Rouge. And I had some very competent people working with me so that I was able to spend that time in New York. And my clients that wanted to see me here, they knew what dates I was going to be here. So they would come if they wanted to see me personally. But if right. not my brother or one of the my other associates that at the shop. Okay. So what was the difference like between running a shop in New York and running a shop here in Baton well, Rouge. In New York, I didn't really have a shop. I had a showroom. Okay. And and I had a, uh, someone then that helped me make the appointments. So I didn't have personnel really to speak of. Gotcha. I would just see clients. But that was it. For one week, a week and a half. However many appointments I had, I'd come back. And so when was the decision to kind of cease operations in New York? That what, was in 19. What kind of? 2019. 2019. So what kind of led up to that? It, it, the traveling, it was just, it was just, uh, the traveling is not fun anymore. It, uh, I mean, I don't know if you travel lately. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to go through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, I w- I'm very grateful that I grew up in that era when traveling was an event. It was like a fashion show. People would put out in the best of the best to travel. Right. I'm sitting in Dallas two weeks ago seeing clients and I'm at the airport and I look around and say, where are the beautiful people? There are no beautiful people anymore. I mean, no disrespect. You know, t- t- people express themselves whichever way they want to be, but tattoos, nose rings, uh, I mean, flip-flops. That was not, that did not exist back in the 70s, 80s, when I when I began to travel, you know, to other cities. But, <clears throat> so it, it was just too much. and. Some of my clients also were moving, leaving New York and going to Dallas uh, or Florida. So I said, 
I'll go see you in Dallas, not a problem. But I still go to New York. Matter of fact, I got another trip to go to New York to see some clients, but but not as regularly as I used to do. Yeah. I might do it every 90 days. So now you've got it set up to where people can schedule appointments with you and you'll fly to wherever they're at mm-hmm. and do the tailoring there. Yeah. Well, no, just go ahead. Uh, you know, do, do, do the, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. You do the interview and the measuring and the designs there, and then we'll execute it. Uh, we'll make a pattern and so on for them. And then, of course, the garment itself. And so are you picking and making new patterns for each person or is it a selection that you have of patterns to work with? I, it depends on the, it depends on the individual because someone might say, wow, you look good, Manuel, but that's not me. Right. You follow me? That means that they don't feel comfortable wearing this. So I have to see who me is and then the clothes gets designed. He might be an individual that he wants just to be in the background, but he wants to look elegant, mm-hmm. follow me? Then you have their own individual that he wants to, when he walks into a place, he wants people to know that he's the man, so to speak. Right. Did, did you, were you too young, but you remember when Ronald Reagan was shot? Uh, I, re- I remember seeing stuff about it, but yeah. In Washington DC, uh, when he was shot right at the uh, Hilton Hotel, mm-hmm. And of course, I think Bush was out of town, and I don't know what Tip O'Neill was. Tip O'Neill was the, uh, the the House Speaker, and the Secretary of State was Alexander Hay. And so, when they have the conference to see who's in charge, immediately I knew what that man was going to say. He had this double-breasted suit, making sample row, a stripe, you know, about three quarters to an inch stripes, very well put together. His tailor did a fantastic job, and, and they asked him, uh, Secretary, Secretary of State, who's in charge? He said, I'm in charge. That suit was saying that he was in charge. He didn't have to open his mouth, so I knew that before he opened his mouth. You follow me? So, mm-hmm. so close makes a statement, tells who you are. It yeah. tells you about your education, your background, and so on. Isn't that crazy? What is something that you wear can have a statement before you even say a word? You know, and I know, hey, Patty G, I know we've been told, and and I tell myself the same thing, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. But for some reason, that little click, when you meet somebody, your brain takes over, do I want to meet this fellow or I don't want to meet this fellow? Oh, yeah. No, how you look <laughs> still has a very... <laughs> See, first impressions matter. How right. you look is that initial taken... What do you? What is this person going to say or do? And people do take those initial judgment calls on what somebody's wearing, whether it's good or it's bad. And then later on, you're able to uncover. Okay, well, maybe it's not so much speaking as who they are, and you got to f- kind of filter through that to figure out. Okay, who is this person actually? But if somebody who dresses for their expression and dresses for who they are as a person, whether they actually give that full thought to it, it really can speak volumes of them. Well. You just preaching to the choir. That's what I believe. And <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for saying that. <laughs> so this episode is proudly presented by Gage. Gage is a local company here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. For over 40 years, Gage has provided businesses with the very best telecommunications, IT, 
and standby power services available. Gage has a variety of services, including Gage Cloud Voice. It is the last phone system your business will ever need. You need to give your business the ability to be accessible anytime, anywhere, and with Gage's cloud-based phone system, you'll be able to accomplish just that. Not only do they have Gage Cloud Voice, they have fully managed IT services that are proactive network monitoring, 24 7 365 help desk business continuity they are there for you what you're also going to need is some cybersecurity. gauge is there to safeguard your business from potential cyber threats even when you aren't aware they exist gauge also is power and leaders in standby generators they are the number one cummins dealer on the gulf coast and provide generators to homes and businesses of any size so you can keep life going gauge Better Connected, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. <laughs> so when, when you look at kind of a, a, a fat from a fashion sense and from what y'all are looking and seeing, are you seeing kind of trends change over the years? And if so, what do they look like from a suit standpoint? Well, I'm happy to tell you that in my last trip to Chicago and New York, I see young people. I see young people 25, 35, and they're wearing suits. So I'm happy for that. So the suits... It's, it's coming back during the pandemic because, you know, there were no, no, none of that. Right. But however, we did very well with the sport coats because young people, uh, they were tired wearing their uh, sweats, whatnot. And when they went, went out, they put, put in a pair of jeans and a sport coat. But now they are wearing suits in New York, especially those in the, uh, in the Wall Street District. And I was amazed in Silicon Valley, I was told that they weren't, the young people wearing suits. They might not wear a tie, just like yourself, but they are wearing that. So that that is changing. Uh, to answer your other question, as far as as far as fashion, the lapels are getting wider. Okay. And 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 it's showing more of this is called a peak lapel. See, it's pointed, mm-hmm. and what you're wearing is a notch lapel. Yep. It's a notch. So the lapels are getting wider, and they show they show some peak peak lapels. Also, the double breast is coming back. So when the double breast suit comes back, that tells me that the people are going to dress more elegant or the designers are hoping that you dress more elegant. Because a double-breasted, if you don't keep it close, it doesn't look good. And and it, it's screaming for a tie. It just don't quite look good without a tie. It's more of an elegant look. The skinny suits, uh, they end their way out. The, 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 uh, the, the trousers are getting a little wider. And also pleats. You see one pleat. I'm wearing one pleat today. So, yes, the, the skinny suits um, uh, have been at it for quite a while. But you know, sometimes people hit, they buy into that fashion. Mm-hmm. And I say, look, fashion is not for everyone. I mean, the skinny suits are for skinny people. <laughs> but they're not going to say, hey, wait, they're not going to say, hey, we got suits for fat people. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> You're right. Fine. So, but not everybody looks good on a skinny suit. I mean, the Italians, the French people, the smaller people, they, they're not as large as we are. So they look good on them. And then we buy that. And some people look like a stuffed sausage, you know, when they wear that. Well, and then, you, then you've got a whole pant length situation going on, too. You've got some people that like it real nice and baggy, some people that like it straight, and some people that like to basically show off their whole ankle mm-hmm. whenever they're walking down in the, in the street. That's, yeah, they, 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 the trousers and young men are wearing a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And no socks. And I, did, I, tell, I tell young people, I say, you need to wear at least the anklets because 
your, your foot perspires and it can ruin that shoe. Oh yeah. And so the, the, uh, the cotton anklet, if you don't, if you want to show you your ankles, it's great because it absorbs some of that moisture. So whenever somebody comes to you and is looking for a full, a full suit design, what does that process generally look like for them? It, the, it, it, and it is a process. It is a process. The first 20, 30 minutes, it's just getting to know you, Patty. It's mm-hmm. getting to know you. Find as much information that I can about you. Where do you go? What's your personality like? What do you want your clothes to feel like? Or make you feel like? Yeah. yeah. And it, then, because if, if, I, if, if I get that information and I execute it, my chance of keeping you for life are incredible. So we don't just, you don't just come in and say, hey, I want a black suit. I'll give you an example. This young couple getting married. A nice looking young man, blue eyes, uh, light color hair, and was sandy blonde. And they come in, they say, they're going to get married in Positano, Italy. Okay. And, um, the end of October. And, and say, we want a black suit. I say, I say, say what you're here for? I say, yeah. I say, well, I don't, why you come see me? I say, well, what do you mean? We want the suit to fit right. Well, you know, yeah, I have plenty of black suits. I said, number one, I said, black is the color to be too strong for Mr. So-and-so. He's got this nice blue eyes, fair complexion. They don't work quite well. Let me show you what works for. Within three seconds, I pull out this fabric, this beautiful blue, similar to what you're wearing, and with those blue eyes, just kind of were piercing. And and it, and his complexion, because it's fair, it was energized. And I said, now let me trap you with this black fabric. Now what does that do? It makes him look like he's got a bad case of hepatitis. <laughs> Immediately, he said, please, you design, you make it. You follow me? So, so, so we guide people on the right way and we can really be objective. It's not like I have a hundred suits hanging in, in the wall. Right. It's not the case. It don't matter to me whether you want a black, blue, whatever. What matters to me that when you leave my premises, that you look like a billion dollars. Not a million, because a million is what it used to be, but a billion dollars. <laughs> that's what matters to me, because that's my ad. That's mm-hmm. my billboard, you know. Uh, so, I feel like there's, times when men just need to be educated on what to wear. I mean, because for, for women, it's always sold to them, right? And then for men, it's not sold as much. It's just kind of like, wear this thing that we're mass producing, and then that's going to look good. You see, you did say the ladies. You did mention that women. I call them ladies. The, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, I would not see a lady in my shop. Do they... Patty G is 75% of my business, ladies driven. 75%? 75% of my business, ladies driven. They bring the significant other or their husbands mm-hmm. or whatnot. They want them to look good. Now, ladies are more in tune with color. Why is that? Because mama would take them when they were little to go shopping and they would around, look at the little dress. Oh, this looks good, this looks good. So they come in tune with color and what looks good on them. But the boys, mama say, okay, here's what you want to wear. And then the girlfriend or the wife takes over that. You follow me? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I'm, 
I've been I'm married, been married for a few years now, and I, I understand. So you know, like sometimes I said, "What in the heck are you thinking, Patty? You can't wear that in the show." <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to, I used to get that a lot. <laughs> Thank so, you so very much to Building Five for the becoming the latest sponsor of the Patty G Show. We are going to be filming once a month at Building Five. We're going to post about it on our socials. So you can come and visit with us. Building Five is an excellent food establishment, if you're into sharing boards and really getting a creative menu, Misty and Brumby have done an excellent job of creating an environment that's warm, welcoming, inviting for every single occasion. Go on over to Building 5 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and tell them what the Patty G Show said. <laughs> so now the problem is because sometimes the ladies do know more about color, but they know what looks good on them. They think sometimes that looks good in their other half. Right. So and that was the case with this individual because the lady had olive complexion, the beautiful black hair, uh, and thought that because she looks good in black, he would look good in black, but that was not necessarily the, the truth. Right. So, so we tell it like it is, and we build that suit. Now, the, according to them, the type of shoulders, some individuals have sloped shoulders, so we put a coat, like the Italian coats that have round shoulders, soft shoulders, it doesn't look good on them. So we try to make his shoulders more even. If he's got a square shoulders, then we're trying to soften up the shoulder so he looks more proportional. And of course, the bottom placement, how we, where we put the bottom placement, how do we work the canvas? I mean, you can see from where you are, it looks looks like that, that I have a, like a little boob here. You see, I'm not that big, but I want to look bigger. So right. the way we work the canvas and that's done by hand, it can, we can create that. You follow me? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we have the silhouette of the garment and so on. So it's a, it's a process. It's uh, not only just getting the coat to fit properly, the color. Uh, I also get a coat that kind of uh, you, you feel comfortable in and that is unique as you are. Right. Well, it, it's oftentimes men try to squeeze into clothes because they, <laughs> they, 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 think, they think that they are this certain size or anything. But when you take size out of the equation and you say, let's just make it fit you, and not worry about whatever the numbers are, you know? Do you know why I'm laughing? And I learned this. You, 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 you learn a lot uh, about your mistakes or whatnot. Uh, 25 years ago, when I was taking measurements, I would call the measurements out. And one day somebody stopped me and said, oh, that's not possible. He said, I went to the shop, bought a pair of jeans. It's 34, and you measure 36, you're wrong. I said, well, let me do that again. I measure 36. Mm-hmm. I just wrote down, you're right. But I find out then, <laughs> I went and I went to the stores where the jeans were sold, and I said, give me a 34 jean. And I measured that jean, and it was 36. So they were, about 25 years ago, thereabouts, they were coming up with these vanity sizes. They wanted you to think that you were smaller than what you really right. were, so you could buy. Because let's face it, if you feel overweight, guess what? You don't want to buy clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you, think, is, you think it's not going to be permanent, so why spend the money to get a size up when I can really fit in this 34? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a misconception because a lot of, there's a lot of good intentions. You want to lose weight. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I mean, not me, but everybody, <laughs> everybody does. But 98% of the time, they just don't happen. Or they go on these crazy diets. When they go on these crazy diets to lose all that weight, one of the first things they do, they oh, I'm going to treat myself because you're a tailor. Mm-hmm. 
don't do that at that point. You wait another six months to see where you're going. Right. Because the chances are, if it's one of those crazy diets, then you're going to come back and put that weight back on. Yeah, unless you're having a total actual lifestyle change. Amen. It's got to be a lifestyle. Yeah, and, and it is. It's it's You have to evaluate how you consume food and beverages. And if you want to change that style, you have to change the style completely. You can't say I'm doing some 90 day program, some 120 day program. Cause it always just, it always bounces back. It, it is a lifestyle. And uh, oftentimes I get asked people that have been knowing me for 35 years or more. They say, how do you stay the same? I said, well, you're very successful. I said, you run a successful company. Don't you check, have you checks and balance? I said, what are you talking about? Well, you probably do profit and loss every quarter. You see where you're going and you check, you're checking yourself. I said, do you weight yourself every day? No. I said, why don't you weight yourself every day? Do you, do you, you know the things that you shouldn't be eating, but you're eating them. So it's kind of like if you're doing something in the company that you shouldn't be doing and keep on doing it, you're not going nowhere. Right. You're not going to be profitable after a while. <laughs> I said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So whenever you, I th- the, the black suit makes it, kind of funny for me because men often think for whenever they do their weddings, right? It's gotta be black or gray or a dark oh, or blue. a dark blue. blue yes. And they oftentimes will not look at a suit as an option. They're gonna look at more of the tux range because mm-hmm. that's what it's again, it's what it's pitched, what it's sold to their significant other, saying, No, 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 you gotta be in a tux, you gotta be in this. But a suit for a wedding is a phenomenal thing because while men while women while ladies have their dress that they only wear once, men have the ability to wear that suit over and over again if it's done right. You're absolutely right. However, you gotta consider what the bride is wearing. Mm -hmm. If she's wearing the former long train dress, you better show up in a tux. That calls for a tux. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what she's wearing, where is the wedding gonna be, the elegance of the wedding, and so on and so forth. If you get married, but uh, by the sea and the water, like we had a lot of a lot of weddings uh, during the pandemic. People would go to Florida because you could have more than ten people. You know, you right. could. He <laughs> did it on the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so I was getting called for linen suits, no black, no no dark. Uh, what do you call blue or charcoal gray? We were doing uh, colorful things, but the ladies were not wearing a long evening gown either. Right. I mean, the uh, the full-trained wedding dress. So it depends on that, too. So that has to be taken into consideration. Patty G Show is proudly brought to you by Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelry is a local business right here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They create handcrafted jewelry for everyday use, that special occasion, whatever it may be. Gentlemen, they've got amazing jewelry both for male and female. Everyone is their audience. You know, after years of experimenting with everything from ceramic jewelry, glass beads, and enamel, they've settled in on the ancient art of lost wax casting is their main form of creating their work. They cast everything in bronze, sterling silver, and 14 karat gold. Every step of the way is done here right in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Proud, proud sponsors of the Patty G Show. Mimosa Handcrafted Jewelers. Get out there and tell them that Patty G sent you, and they're going to take great care of you on your next order. So when you look at the the kind of landscape in Baton Rouge, how has that changed since you started from the clients you used to see to the clients that you see now? 
you know, in the in the in the late seventies, um, early eighties, God, men dress everywhere. In the eighties, the three-piece suit. And at that time, the band rich population was like four hundred thousand, I think, at the time, like in the eighty-four. We had uh, about ten very nice boutiques: Todd Carlin, Gillies, Con Turner. Frank Kachestopin around that time. Um, some other escape, they escape my mind right now because people dress. And every, some of these boutiques carry different type of uh, style of suits. You know, that Tad Garland was very preppy and he was very successful with that. Gilles did a, a look of more of a classic Bruce Brothers kind of look, soft shoulders, on, Soft shoulders, no silhouette in the garment, three buttons. That was Bobby Dewey. And, of course, Conterna did a little bit of everything. And Frank appealed, Frank McLevy and, and Ed Easterly appealed to the macho man, you know, that, that the hunter, fisherman. And and I can't remember, the uh, Arthur Aurelian in here and down. He was um, Conley's shopping center right off of airline. Mm-hmm. And he did more of a Louis Roth suit, a California style Hollywood look. And he had his followers. But today we don't have that many specialty men's stores like we did then because people went uh, in the 90s to that casual Friday. And I was very opposed about that. Matter of fact, we were, we, we, we raised a Michelle at the Wall Street Journal interview. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> well, I was just I was I, I thought that that if, if you start out with a Friday, it might come to a Monday too. That would go from Monday through Friday, and look at that, it, it went that way. You see, well, also another thing that happened during the, during the Cultural Revolution, I felt like some of the respect. In our society was lost. Our productivity, who knows, it might have been as good as it should have been. And so from that area to the to forward, going forward to 2000, then it started moving from Friday, went all the way down. You know, banks, Paulo's pullovers before, it was, it was a dark suit. You know, you didn't know, uh, now you don't know in the bank who's cleaning the floors and who's, <laughs> who is the BP or whatever. But I'm, I'm looking forward, as I mentioned to you early, it's, it's, um, it's inspired to me the young people in the big cities that work in the financial district, you know, they wanted to dress and they dress in a suit. Yeah. And I think that's bring stability and respect. I could be wrong, but I think that the, the way you present yourself it says quite a bit about you and the way others look at you. Mm-hmm. But it's that that perceived value of who you are based on what you wear. You know, you're right. If you walk in and you see that everybody's kind of in the same thing, there's no hierarchy of whoever is in that organization. But if you have somebody coming in with a suit, you kind of immediately think that they're going to be in a higher position in a higher place than somebody who's not, you know? And we, you know, we're very fortunate. I mean, that, that love Ben Rouge, uh, 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 wood. We, we have clients that fly over to see us here. 
in the last 15 years, my wife and I bought a condo at, uh, at the French Quarter on Royal Street. And I have clients that fly from New York, Atlanta, and, and we see them there. I see them at my condo, then take them out to dinner, and they hope we all have a good time. They experience the flavor of New Orleans. Uh, I, you know, I love the people. I, I love the food, the music, jazz, the blues. I mean, what's not to love Van Rouge? It's a three-ring circus. You got the petrochemical industry, you got the uh, government, and you got LSU. That's right. I mean, it, it, it's always very entertaining. You know, when LSU loses, loses, you can sit back and listen to the blues and eat some good food. <laughs> <laughs> and keep looking forward to the next weekend. Exactly. We got to be optimistic. Yeah. So where is the furthest that somebody has traveled to get fit by you or you've traveled to go fit? They went to London. They got traveled from London to see me in New York. But, you know, Costa Rica too, so I don't, I don't know. No, London had to be because it takes about seven hours to fly to London, to New York or whatever. So how are, I mean, how are you reaching out for these people? I know you've got some great awards over the years. So, what, I mean, what have you done to kind of put yourself out there in that respect? You know, I'm very fortunate because back in those days, we didn't have the internet. And it was strictly worth them out. That is strictly worth them out. You know, friends telling friends. Uh, people travel in and when they would see it, wow. Where did you get that? And then they would pass my name. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's how you and I well, got connected. I had a, a guest come on and they're like, this is, you know, have you had Manuel on? I was like, no, I've heard of him because he's had some press articles come out about you and whatnot. I'm like, but I've, I have not had him on the show. And he goes, you got to have him on. Well, I can't, I can't thank you enough, Patty G. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm honored that you asked me to come here. Absolutely. And it's, it, it's one of those things where, you kind of see somebody doing some pretty cool things. And we had some, some articles come out about you lately. And it's like, you've got to recognize people doing great things in your area and reach out to them, you know? So that's what we, that's what I, that's what I did here. Now you you were telling initially at the very beginning, how you like to focus in on one color and make that one color pop. So obviously you don't just do suits at. No, no, the, we, we, the pandemic changed, changed the whole thing that we approached our business, um, my associates and I went from not making blue jeans, hunting clothes, and out of wear, and traveling jackets, because we were not doing that. But during the pandemic, I found out two things. Number one, I'm not retirement material. So I was going crazy for one week. The second week, I said, dear God, help me. Bring me some inspiration. Because people were not wearing sport clothes, they were not wearing suits, they weren't going to work. Right. But they were wearing clothes. They might, not be, they might not have been the clothes that I wanted to do, but they were wearing. Uh, so people were still wearing clothes to do stuff. Ex yes. And so I find out that, you know, a lot of people are playing golf and hunting. And I said, wait a minute. I need to figure out what to do here. And then the cleaners shut down. I don't know if you remember that. They shut yeah. down. So those golfers, they didn't have much to wear. So my clients that already had their measurements, I said, why don't we make a few pair of golf trousers? fun. You know, there was, they had their measurements said, look, I'm not doing jeans. Go ahead. And you hunting, let's make you a hunting jacket or some uh, hunting vest. Go ahead. So that saved us. So you and, had to diversify because of COVID. And then when, when, when I saw that people could not get married, then I said, wait a minute, the stores already 
probably cancel a lot of their uh, merchandise because they're afraid that they just going how long is this going to go? Nobody knew. Right. And sure enough, the stores canceled some of the, some of their uh, merchandise. They only went for the safe things, the black, the navy, and the blue. And when, when people start talking to me about doing weddings, which I was never doing, I went, you know, because I didn't want to be a special occasion type of situation, a type of shop. But then we had an incredible year. We did more weddings in one year than we ever did in our entire 40-year, 40 43-year career. Wow. Yes. And we were not only dressing the groom, the groomsmen, the father, the bride, and they were coming in. They were, they were all getting Martinez suits. Mar yes, because they were destination weddings. They, you know, they wanted to have whatever number they wanted to have. You know, they didn't want to have 10 people. Right. And they wanted to make sure that whatever they were in was going to be good looking. Exactly. And they, because, I mean, they want to feel good. And, and I always thought, and I told some of my suppliers, the family suppliers, we got to do color. I studied history. I said, what happened in the Roaring Twenties? <clears throat> when they came back at, after that, uh, uh, their depression or whatever, you know, they were looking for color. They were looking for color. And they were looking for the, um, clothes that spoke out. And sure enough, that's why we sold so many sport coats. Or we make so many sport coats uh, the last couple of years than ever before. Yeah, people are wanting to have that diversity in their selection. Yeah. They didn't want to just be in a suit all the time. They wanted to wear it, mix it up, and match it with different things. So it was it was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Thank so, you to Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge for making this show possible. Nick Pentis is a past guest. We love having him on. Listening to him talk about the culture they have over at Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge is really an incredible thing to hear how they treat not only their employees, but every customer that walks through the door. You are more than just a number to them. They're going to give you that white glove concierge service every step of the way. They're going to make you feel like family and take what can be a stressful time in people's life, shopping for a car. They're going to make it so enjoyable and so pleasurable. You're going to want to go back there time and time again for every new vehicle. Thank you so very much for Mercedes-Benz of making this show possible. So how is how has that shift kind of affected the outlook on what you dress people in knowing that you now carry jeans you now carry hunting clothes you now carry golf attire i mean now it's kind of a bigger portfolio to dip into how has that affected your thought when you're sitting down interviewing these people on how you're going to dress them the questions are i ask what are their hobbies they golfers it's okay fine i'm not going to i'm not going to only take care of you but with your uh, with your business clothes or your destination clothes, because there are some clients that come over, they might go to a, a wonderful cruise in the Mediterranean or um, around um, Germany or whatnot, and, and they want to look elegant. So we designed the clothes for them too as well, you see? So it depends what the individual hobbies are, that's how we approach, whether it's hunting or playing golf, or, or they might be just a shooting jack. So that's how. So in everything that they're getting from you is all Martino's, Martinez right. custom. Martin, yes, yes. Okay, yes. got it. So it's all your own branded items. Yes. And, I mean, in doing so, has there ever any come to a situation where you couldn't make something for somebody? Well, I do tell them. I mean, sometimes sometimes people come in 
uh, we had some people a couple of weeks ago that were um, getting married, and they're getting married like next week, and I said, this is not going to happen. It was a police. No, I said, we can't do this. And no. So it's, so for it, you, it's more of a time thing. Time frame, time okay. frame. We, we For the first time, we were requiring anywhere from six to eight weeks because we never done anything for you. And we want to make sure that once we adjust to your pattern, any alterations that are made in the finished garment, that's corrected in your pattern. Now, on the second time, yeah, we can go a little faster. But, but but not in the first time. And then we had to put up with this dilemma of, of, of uh, fabrics getting to us. It, it was it was not it was not pretty that you know getting fabrics from Federal Express, UPS or whatever from overseas because what it used to take maybe one week, now it was taking three weeks. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. <laughs> so that couldn't so when someone asked me make it in four weeks, no. It's not going to happen. Yeah, it's just not so, possible. No, so we, no, we up to right now, I had never disappointed somebody that I had to deliver within timeline. Gotcha. But I, we up front, I said, look, we cannot do it. We're not going to disappoint. Somebody else can do it by all means. Yeah, well, and I guess that's also kind of a testament to what y'all are after and what your whole mission is. It's not that we're going to quickly get you something. We're going to get you something that you're going to be able to carry with you for a long time, and it may take a while to do that. You know, it's not, we're not a speed shop here. We're not going to get it done <laughs> overnight. But no, when, we, once it is done, you're going to wear it, and you're going to be really proud to wear it. And that's, that's one thing that uh, my associate and I always discuss. Said, well, we, we, missed, we missed that client because of this. I said, no. I said, if he understands what we're telling him, that if you want something badly enough, it might come out bad because yeah. you want it too fast. But if he understands that, he'll come back. And sure enough, sometimes they go somewhere else and they roll the dice. They either didn't get it on time or if they get it on time, it didn't fit and they're asking us for help. But yeah, we're not not in uh, the fast track making garments. That's not our deal. Right, well, and there's truth to good things take time. Because if, I mean, I've been in weddings before where they had their measurements sent in and they weren't <laughs> right. And then there wasn't enough time to get it altered and to right. fit and to fit well. And so there was a miserable experience for that person where it's, if you would have had to just a little bit more time on the front end, you could have gotten it fit right. You could have, you could have worn it as you were supposed to, and you would have had a much more pleasurable evening. Patty, I'm glad you touched that point about getting meshed through the internet. I don't know. I don't know why people think that they can measure themselves and then send the measurements and hopefully to be right. That's a recipe for disaster. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, it just, it takes, if you want to really get good at measuring, it's not going to take you one day. It's depending on the person. It takes a year, two years. And you got to get the feel for that tape. And the tape also lies because the tape only will tell you you're 44. But that client might want a 44 easy, might want a 44 very fitted. Now, when you send those measurements on the internet to whoever, it doesn't know that. Right. So you're going with the hopes, 
that, that something good comes out. Oh, and, yeah. and, and the majority of the time it does not. No, no. Ordering ordering a suit online is is very dangerous territory. Yeah. You end up ordering it, and then you end up paying just as much for the suit to get it tailored the right way, because exactly. the the, met, the adjustments often are so much so that the tailor ends up having to basically rebuild the whole suit. And that that's one thing that I'm like, look, if you have time, go get somebody to, that knows what they're doing to get your measurements, get real measurements, and before you go anywhere else. Make sure that, like, for example, if you're having people that live in different cities and they're all getting tuxes from one place, if they can't come in town and get measured by that tailor that's making that tux or that suit, at least make sure that they call the person and say, hey, here's the fit, here's the measurements I got, here's the type of style that they want. you got to have some communication there if you do something like that. Otherwise, it's it's never going to come out right. And it, and it is hard. Sometimes people call us to get measured, and they're going to send the measurements elsewhere. Right. And reluctantly, I tell them, well, if they're desperate, I do it, but reluctantly, we tell them, look, I'm not making the garment. The way I'm taking the measurements, it might be a little different than the way he takes them. Mm-hmm. And so it's not in a standard thing. It's not a standard. You follow me? It's just. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, so, you're measuring it for how you're going to cut it exactly. and for how you're going to make, how you're going to want the fit to be right. when if they've got a standard fit, it's not going to be anywhere near it. So that's uh, something that people, the consumer has to be aware. Yeah. It's, it's get your measurements where the person is going to make the garment. Exactly. Yeah, that's the thing. Because if not, it's, and, and there's nothing worse than a poor fitting jacket <laughs> <laughs> that either looks like, it's being yeah. squeezed on too tight, or it's swallowing the yeah. person. It's, it, it's, it's a, it's apparent when somebody walks in, and you're like, you did not get that <laughs> measured properly. <laughs> Welcome to the brand new Falaya mobile app. We took all the same tech that's helped hundreds of people sell their homes themselves and packed it into an easy-to-use app for your phone. When you download the Falaya mobile app on either the Apple or Android app store, you'll immediately be able to see the power of this game-changing tool. From the seller's dashboard, you can navigate to all the information that you need. We intentionally separated everything into key groups, such as tasks to be completed, buyer leads for your listing, and contact information for everyone involved through closing. When you get an offer on your property, you can simply review and respond all within the app. No matter where you are in the world, you'll be able to monitor everything that's going on with your property from listed to sold. It's truly the power of Falaya in the palm of your hand. Download the app and see for yourself. Falaya, it's real estate reimagined. <laughs> so Manuel, I really appreciate you coming in. Before we get you out of here, I've got four questions that we want to ask you. We ask each and every guest, what is something you did as a kid you wish you could still do today? Well, something I did as a kid, you know, I grew up in a ranch and I love horses, so uh, I, I wish I wish that I had a ranch and horses. <laughs> Not that I quit doing what I'm doing, but it, 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 I don't know. It's just something about being in the back of a horse, in the back of a horse riding through the woods or through the fields. It it, it just it brings a certain feeling to you, and a carefree feeling. And like there's nothing else out there, but it's just you and that horse. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. like a it's an unspoken bond between the rider and the horse. Yes. That when you're going through the field or you're going through the woods, it's like this level of trust that they're going to listen to you, and you're going to trust them if they make a 
different decision than you want them to. <laughs> it could be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, it, it could be dangerous, but I, I'm right there with you. I used to do some horseback riding uh, growing up, and it was it was a blast. So what are three lessons you've learned along the way in your career? Well, t- you, you don't assume things, and uh, you don't, again, even though that I do it sometimes, don't judge people by the way they look. Sometimes people come to the shop and they might come with flip-flops, shorts, and a t-shirt. And that might be the millionaire down the street. And the other thing that uh, I know for a fact that if you dress properly for the occasion, you will have a better time. Today you hear people traveling about the bad experiences. When I dress in the plane, I'm not, I'm not dressing in a suit, I might put in a sport coat, but dress nice. I don't have a bad experience. Now, people look at you and say, wow, what a nice outfit. It's so nice to see people dress this way. And you can be noticed more today because nobody's dressing. So you get recognized and you get perks. Sometimes they bump you up to first class or they'll bring you a drink just without you asking. So it makes your life more more, more pleasant. Right, what was the last question? Three things. Three lessons along the way. Oh, oh. Three lessons along the way, and then um, what is something you love about Baton Rouge? Well, as I mentioned to you earlier, I mean, it's a fun town. And three Ring Circus, I mentioned to you, you got the university, you got the government, you, you have the uh, petrochemical industry. It's always entertaining. I mean, politics in here are just <laughs> hilarious. I, I, I mean, I've been reading a book by Bob Mann, the, the Hugh Long book, mm. about how. He chose the drummers for LSU, and he coached. He tried to coach the LSU football and all of that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, but something's always going on. And like I said, look, it, the next day on a Saturday, fellas, you didn't have a good day. You can just listen to the blues and get your nice bowl of gumbo, whatever it is, and uh, enjoy the food. <laughs> enjoy them. Just great food, great people. Uh, I, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And then for the final question, what can I do to help you? What can you do? What can you do to help me? I think you have done wonderful. You ask the questions, you have a, a, a large audience and you keep spreading the word. Uh, I'll be more grateful and you tell me what can I do to help you? And I've got to return the favor somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need to come over there and get a suit from you or something. Well, whenever you do that, let me, let me know. And it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. And I wish you much success. And commend you and you to try and to be a great ambassador for our city, to bring people to our community. Because I get tired looking at the newspaper and how many young people we lost. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, because people always ask me what you ask me. I said, why Baton Rouge? I said, why not? He said, well, it's not the capital fashion of the world. I'd say it's not. But it's not the land, it's the man. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not the land, it's the man. And it's, it's what we do with it and how we yes, promote it and put it out there is ultimately going to be what people remember. Yeah. 
And I can't. Well, thank you so much, Manuel, for coming on the show. I really appreciate your time today. Um, and I'm really grateful that you're able to sit in and tell us your fun, very fun stories that we had. And so thank you everybody else for listening or watching whatever platform you're consuming us on. I'm very appreciative. I know the guests are as well. If you're ever in the market for a custom tailored suit or even some other items that Martinez Custom Clothing has, make sure you go there and reach out to them and let them know that the Patty G Show sent you. And also thank you to the amazing folks and sponsors that bring you the show each and every week. Hear a little bit more about them right now. Imagine taxiing on a plane looking toward the end of the runway. It seems so far away, it's even hard to see it. And that's what the concept of retirement probably felt like when you were in your 20s, 30s, and 40s, way far in the distance, not visible or even a concern. But as you turn 50, something happens. Retirement suddenly seems like something real, something not too far away. In your 50s, you are rolling down the runway. Retirement is getting closer and closer, faster and faster, weeks and months zipping by. But are you even ready for a successful takeoff to retirement? Fear not, there's still runway left, but the time is now. Time to make progress and time to get a plan. The Runway Decade will help you get organized, get energized, and give you the direction you need to take off to your desired retirement. The Runway Decade building a pre-retirement flight plan in your 50s. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor, Lake Men's Health Center with our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group. Guys, I know it's tough to get out and go to the doctor. I know it's challenging to find time in our busy days, but I promise you signing up to be a part of this group with Dr. Curtis Chastain and Dr. Tyler Boudreaux, you won't regret it for several reasons, but most of those being the fact of the time it saves, where you're able to get in on the same day, get that appointment done, and spend that time you need to talk with them about what your health goals and concerns are, as well as ensuring that the financial investments you have, you will be able to live out and see those come to fruition. So if you're an investing guy, you know all about and planning for the future and investing in the future. There's no other more important thing to invest in than your health. Make sure you go check them out. Our Lady of the Lake Physicians Group Men's Health Center and tell them Patty G sent you. McClavey's Limited, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show, has been serving the Baton Rouge area proudly for 40 plus years. Gentlemen and ladies, if you're shopping for your man, there is no other place in the Baton Rouge area to get your clothing, whether it's game day needs, everyday needs, business attire, formal attire, whatever you want, go over there, see Frank and Ashley. It's a father-daughter duo. They do incredible things in their store. They will outfit you from as simply a shirt that you need for one evening or all the way to a full wardrobe overhaul. They're going to take care of you every step of the way, and be sure and let them know that Patty G Show sent you. Thank you so very much to Currency Bank, a proud sponsor of the Patty G Show. If you're looking for a business bank that fosters on three core values, relationships, service, and technology, Currency Bank is the place for you. They pride themselves on convenient, accessible, and secure online banking resources where you can manage your account balances, initiate transfers, enroll with e-statements, and more via their online portal. Between the relationships, the service, and the technology, they are going to be that partner with your business every step of the way, regardless of what you need. Currency Bank is the bank for business owners. Oh,